0: it comfortably. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone on Zoom. Um, the title of this talk is uh, along the lines of uh, Zen and our emotional lives. Um, when I when I reflect on my own training, um, as you know, Robert Aitken was my teacher for many many years, and then Joko. And they they both brought different um, uh, aspects to practice. And uh, Robert Aiken Roshi was very steeped in the koan tradition and the insight model of, of of Zen, and uh, and uh, was very very astute in terms of um, being a, a koan teacher, you know, in his whole practice that we were cultivated into was about, you know, sitting and sitting to have some kind of um, opening experience, Kensho experience, and then working through koans to deepen and widen and test that experience. And um, and, and that's very much part of the, the particularly the, the Rinzai tradition. So the kind of understanding was is that if you had... One of these opening experiences, and you did calm work, that it would somehow uh, transform the rest of your life um, in, the, in the sense of reducing the sense of egocentricity and having a sense of oneness and connection. Um, and, it, and it does, um, to some degree. Um, it's kind of a bit mysterious, even, <laughs> even for me, it's not being gone through it and teach it, it's a bit mysterious as to how Cohen's study works, it's hard, it's hard to pin it down, um, but to give some kind of understanding of it, um, based on Ian McGilchrist's work, and I had this brief conversation with him and I spoke him on the, with him on the phone, I said that my, my hunch is, is that Cohen's study was designed to break us out of left hemisphere entrapment in other words, we we're, our, our experience is filled with concepts and language and so on, and we divide things up in the world. Um, and that when we have an insight experience, it's like that got shut down for a moment. So there was this direct, holistic way of experiencing the world where everything's connected. And um, and then when you do co work, work, um, it's a matter of expanding, deepening that experience. Now the assumption was if you do that, that it's um, transformative of the, of, the, of the character in some way, um, that it leads to compassion and wisdom and joy. And it does. It does do that. But as we became more experienced in Zen um, after many years of practice and saw how things, um, the way things worked out in other Zen centers and the Zen center we're in, where a lot of problems arose. And a lot of problems arose from the behavior of teachers, you know, like teachers crossing boundaries with students financially and sexually even. And uh, a lot of lot of turmoil and problems started developing these Zen communities, including Joko's community with her teacher, Maya Zumirashi. So it led to some um, deep questions, you know, about the practice. Do you know, like if this is the way it's supposed to work, then how come stu- students and teachers, in their emotional life, seem to be not growing or seem to have very big blind spots for these things to happen? And and um, and it was one of the I think the great gifts that that Joko, as a pioneer, as, as um, you know, breaking new ground, um, recognised there was something missing from the practice for this to occur. And I don't think it's, in some ways, um, much of a surprise that it took a woman teacher to see this more clearly, maybe more than the men. You know, with men, with women often being more um, in touch with their emotional experience than what some men are conditioned into i don't think it's surprising that that it was a, a woman um, but what the gift that the joko's teaching brought into the practice is really looking at our emotional life and using Zen practice to really be pay attention to our emotional life and our Egocentric emotional reactions to things, which you know, upsets our equanimity, leads to emotional dysregulation, means leads to anger, like I sang on the weekend, anger, breaking of precepts, gossiping, all of that kind of stuff, um, happens because we're not really in touch with our, uh, directly in touch with our emotional experience as human beings. So, it was through her influence um, that, you know, if you look at nearly all of her teachings, it's it's focused around what we do with our emotions in a very very reactive kind of way, and using that as a pathway to mature, you know, and, and as a pathway to come to the same um, realization experience of, of that there's no self. You know, the the more we we, we actually Realize and experience as no self, then there's no self-centered emotion. When there's no self-centered emotion, we act more appropriately in the world. Um, So, you know, it took it took decades for this to sort of come through, you know. And um, I suppose because I've I've had both influences, you know, that very traditional. Zen training is also, well, as, as Joko's influence, and also being a psychologist, you know, it's been important for me to to teach in a way that that integrates all aspects of Zen practice, not just one or the other, but there's all there's value to all of these things. There's value to um, having those experiences and and doing Cohen study. You know, they bring they bring a, a clarity and and uh, they, they break through um, confusion uh, so that they can, they can bring a clarity and brightness into our life um, but it, it's also very important that through meditation and the, the practice of labelling is one very valuable way to do it, is to be really really aware of our inner emotional life, not just um, the external world of clouds and flowers and oceans, you know, and time passing, you know, that existential sense. It's there. Um, but if we ignore our emotional life, it comes out in all kind of distorted kind of ways. Like in the talk I gave on the, on the weekend, based on um, one of Joko's um, teaching phrases, um, if we don't recognise disappointment, when it occurs in our life, and stay with the disappointment, just as an experience, and and be willing to be with the the um, the sadness that might that might bring, the vulnerability that it might bring. If we not, if we don't do that, it goes off in all different types of directions. You know, anger, gossip, criticism, etc. Someone to blame. That's often what we do when we we're disappointed. We find someone to blame for the fact that we're disappointed. So to be able to use the practice um, to to wisely and compassionately experience emotion, as well as getting out of this sort of trap of um, conceptual entrapment, both are important. Mm-hmm. And then the precepts bring all that together as well. And um, there, there are many um, many people who've gone through extensive um, Zen training um, and teachers uh, who, after you know many years of doing Zen training, have gone into psychotherapy. You know, and to, they realised there was something missing, and there was things from their childhood you know that needed clearing up um, that were impacting on their sense of themselves and their relationships that they went back into therapy to to deal with those issues and recognise it. Zen didn't necessarily have all of the answers to that. Um, Personally, I've never gone into long-term therapy in my life. I've done some um, brief therapy at times in my life when I've needed to, um, but not long-term therapy. Because, as Joko said too, if you have a a really um, holistic practice... You know, where you're looking at emotions, you're looking at precepts, you're looking at insight. Once you get a whole practice, do you really need to do psychotherapy? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe if you've had severe trauma in your life or, you know, there's been some, you know, real disjunction in, you know, relationships or whatever, maybe that's important to do that. Um, But I I agree with Joko that. Zen practice, if it has that very holistic approach to it, can 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 meet meet that all of those requirements together as a whole thing. Um, some people have a need to do um, therapy to grow through certain things in their life, and some people just don't feel a, a need for it so much. And there's Zen practice. is enough, and, and both are fine. Um, but. Coming to a conclusion in this talk, I think it's just so important that we, um, we have a, a very holistic type of practice which actually addresses um, all, all aspects of our experience.